0: Welcome to the Pooch Parenting Podcast, a podcast for parents with dogs. I'm Michelle Stern, a certified professional dog trainer, mom, and former teacher. Living with kids and dogs at the same time can feel like a circus. I know because I lived it too. Join us as we interview a variety of experts and parents to discuss topics that will make parenting with dogs easier, safer, and less chaotic. Also, you can love living with your dog again. I'll always keep it real which might even mean that you hear the messiness of life in the background on occasion, but at least you know you're not alone. My guest today is Kelsey Weber, an amazing dog trainer near Portland, Oregon. We talk about three different easy training games that you can play with your dog. We call them lazy trainer games because you can do them no matter how busy you are. Don't miss the video demos of those on the show notes page on the Pooch Parenting website. Enjoy! Well, hello, Kelsey. I'm so happy you agreed to talk with me today.
1: Hi, happy to be here.
0: Thank you. I miss you. So, Kelsey is a good friend of mine who is a dog trainer, and we met at a dog training conference. And I honestly think that one of the best parts of that conference was meeting you.
1: Oh, we had so much fun We're <laughs> together. And
0: I think what's been so nice about it is that we can. Pick each other's brains and ask each other questions. And, you know, if something's not working for me, I can ask what you would do, and vice versa. And I think that's been really valuable. And because of that, I thought you would be a perfect person to talk to um, for my people because you have so many fun training games um, that I think would be perfect for both parents and kids. And we could set everybody Mm -hmm. up for success. So, why don't you introduce yourself and then we'll get into some of those ideas.
1: Cool. Well, thank you. I also think that meeting you was a huge highlight of the conference. Back when we used to be able to go to conferences and meet. Oh, I know.
0: (laughs) Another eon
1: ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, But yes, I'm Kelsey. I'm a certified trainer. I have two businesses actually. Positively Trained is where I work with uh, pet dogs, so kind of your normal family dogs. I do virtual training and online courses for that. And then I also have Paws for Responders, which is where we raise therapy dogs for emergency responder facilities. So that has a whole elaborate puppy raising element to it, which is pretty cool.
0: My families want to live a polite, functional lifestyle with a dog involved. And they have children most of the time, or they're expecting children, or they're fostering children that are coming in and out. And so a lot of homes are just, they're not always consistent and they're often chaotic because that's the nature of living with kids and dogs. And so Mm -hmm. you have some really good training games that not only help dogs to be calmer and more polite, but that also try to set them up for success. Like let's say a visitor comes over or we want to try to prevent the dog from knocking down the toddler or jumping on grandma. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering maybe where the best place would be to start with some of that stuff. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Well, my favorite game, I call the lazy trainer game um, because my thing is I I used to have four dogs. We recently downsized, but, there's no way I'm going to train unless it's easy. So especially when I spend all day training other people's dogs. So then when I come home, my dogs get the leftover attention if there is any. Um, And so I want my training exercises to always be really easy to incorporate into my normal routine. So lazy trainer is like, the easiest of all the options and it's amazing what a difference it makes especially for my clients that are maybe working from home that didn't used to be working from home teaching some good like office skills for the dog Um, but definitely if there's kids in the household and you want to teach the dog to relax in their own space which can be hard if they are very used to being you know maybe the only child before the human child came into the picture yeah. Um, so this is a good one to incorporate for a lot of reasons. Uh, do you want me to demo? I would love it
0: because <laughs> I have a puppy sitting right here that is looking at me and I'm like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking, I'm going to practice lazy trainer as you teach them. I'm going to teach him.
1: That's perfect. Um, I always would rather play with the dog than just sit and talk anyway. So um, I'm going to grab her. And so with this one, I always start with some sort of management tool. So I really like to use a tether. Uh, This is literally just a leash. A leash with some good teeth marks in it at this stage. <laughs> um, so it's a leash that's tied to the wall inside the closet. For so the people
0: who who aren't seeing this, like if somebody downloads the audio, I do want to point out that the leash length is about eighteen inches or so that's sticking out. Is that about right? It's
1: longer. It's probably like four oh, feet like, or so. Oh, okay. Okay. And so I basically just have this leash hooked up and uh, I clip it it to her collar. If you want to do a harness or whatever, that's fine, too. Um, And she has a a mat that she can lay on. She doesn't have to for this game, but it's available for her to lay on if she chooses to. Um, She's going to do this really fast because she's done this a lot. (laughs) So the point is that I clip her on her tether, and then I walk outside of her radius where she can't reach me, and I sit down. So I just sit in my chair and I am watching her out of my peripheral, kind of, but I'm not really paying attention to her, if that makes sense. And then as soon as she laid down, she did just there, I just toss her a goodie. I don't even say anything. I just throw her a piece of food. So I have a really big dog. She's like 95 pounds. (laughs) So... I have a pretty big target, which is nice for throwing my food. Um, that's partially why I do a big mat or a dog bed or something like that. Cause I can throw the treats onto that mat too. And that'll work. I typically do a pretty big mat. so They can, they can, I can throw the treats on the mat and that'll prevent the bouncing a little bit. Um, I do generally just use their dog food. So like kibble, I'll do this with, um, okay. but if you do, if you are worried about treats, Bouncing, doing something that's a little bit softer and a little bit flatter works a little mm-hmm. better. So okay. um, I'm using these jerky pieces that I'm breaking up so it just they just don't bounce quite as much. Okay. Um, even there it bounced, of course, under the closet door I think. There we go, she got it. <laughs> um but the idea with this game is because I'm sitting down that was the only cue for the dog I didn't tell her to lay down I didn't really give her any information but because I'm sitting down and not paying attention to her that means that if she lays down she's going to get paid so it's up to her to make that decision but the context is that I'm sitting down paying attention to something else
0: oh my gosh I love that. So your cue essentially is you sitting down. So if you're working in an office or it's time for you to get ready for a conference call or something, you sit down, the dog then lays down. Mm -hmm. I have been helping people lately whose dogs have been so demanding. When their people sit down, the dog thinks they're a captive audience, but it's this game is teaching them quite the opposite.
1: Totally. And I, I do want to point out too, like I just threw one and it bounced and she got up to go get it. I don't mind that, as long as she can reach it. I mean, keep in mind how long your leash is so she doesn't totally clothesline herself. (laughs) So she was able to get up and get it, but if you can see the visual, if you're not doing the audio part, um, she laid down almost right away, immediately after she ate that, because what I'm doing is I'm continually tossing food. So every, Mm -hmm. you know, I I haven't been counting, but every 10 to 15 seconds, I toss Mm -hmm. her another treat And so she learns that hanging out there is actually the highest paying job she can do right now.
0: This is so good. This is really, really nice. And that's something, honestly, if you're multitasking and you're in a meeting, you can still do this. It's not like you have to focus and concentrate and count or anything like that.
1: Right. And in the very beginning, like when I do this with a... Baby puppy that has no attention span or patience or anything. I am tossing treats pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. So usually with a dog that's at that kind of maturity level or that skill set, I might also give them like a good chewy or something mm-hmm. to work on there. But for my older dogs, the dogs that get more practice with this, you can start spacing out those treats more and more and more. And for using Katya as an example, She'll sit through an entire hour Zoom session just laying on her bed the whole time. And I don't have to continue to reinforce her at this stage, but it's because we do this every day when I quote go to work, right? (laughs) When you log into your meetings. I have taught people
0: to do mat training, and this is a very similar concept where the mat goes down and the dog knows to lay on the mat. But the problem is, especially for young dogs or Immature dogs, regardless of their age,
1: mm-hmm. they
0: still can pop up, but they can then walk anywhere they want. And what you're doing here is you're saying, honestly, I don't care that much what you're doing in that region, but but I'm out of your range. And so is the rest mm-hmm. of the room. And so this is your region and this is where you need to be for the foreseeable future. So the tether yeah. is giving the dog more structure and preventing them from failing, actually. And it's not moon. I mean, your dog, like you showed me, it's three or four feet long. The dog just can't walk over to you, but your dog can still get up, stretch, turn around, get comfortable. But really she's looking for the next cookie that's going to come at some point. And then she'll put her head down and she might just take a rest. So Mm -hmm. it's amazing. I like that.
1: I also will do this because tether doesn't work in every setup. Um, So putting the dog on the other side of the baby gate, same exact thing. The dog can't reach me. They can't get into too much trouble. Hopefully if that area is relatively puppy proof for them, but there's that barrier. And so same thing. If there's a barrier between you and I, and I go sit down and do something else. If you lay down at that barrier, I will toss treats at you. And I, I love
0: that also because I can imagine a nursing mom or you know you're in the baby's room and the dog is on the other side of the baby gate and the dog is still kind of with you because they're right mm-hmm. there on the other side of the gate and they can lay down and relax. You can easily have one hand free while you're yeah. feeding the baby to just check treats across the room or
1: whatever. Yeah think- and what I do just in my own setup you can't see my desk right now but I just have a little like mason jar of treats on my desk mm-hmm. and what I've noticed this is a pro tip <laughs> Is that if you do a jar with a lid, then your dog typically doesn't try to jump on your desk and rip the treat bag off and shred the bag into a million little pieces. So, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, it's <laughs> That's never happened. happened to me before. Yeah, not once.
0: <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and it doesn't go through the laundry if it's in a if it's in a jar. Yes. Other pro uh, tip.
1: Yes. Exactly. So uh, yeah, I just have a little jar that sits on my desk or. The other time I do this game a lot is actually when I am in the kitchen doing dishes. That's like my number one time that I practice this uh, outside of office time is I open the dishwasher and I mentioned before that I raise a lot of puppies in my house and they all happen to be Labrador puppies. And so the dishwasher is like the jackpot. Like that's the best possible place they could be. And so uh, we do this game a lot while I'm doing dishes. And so I have a little jar just right on the kitchen counter
0: too. It's so funny you said that because my service puppy, Yara, who you heard all about before, she was lab golden and she would climb into the dishwasher lickety split, like mm-hmm. as fast as you could blink an eye. And he was licking all the spoons. And then Pippin, who's a small breed dog, he fits perfectly in there. and So he just goes right in as well. And it's, you know, I you never know what's on a spoon. It could be chocolate ice cream, which is dangerous. So we need to make sure that as funny and cute as it is, it's really not appropriate.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. And some people might think kind of gross. I think it's kind of funny when the dog like cleans my spoon afterwards. Oh, You're gonna right. clean it. It's okay. You let your dog lick you. I don't see the
0: difference. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, So yeah, same thing with with that version of this exercise, the dog goes on a tether and then I open the dishwasher and they can do whatever they want, but if they lay down, the treats start coming. And so the dishwasher actually becomes the cue in that context as well. And my most recent puppy, if I open the dishwasher, it happens to make this really awful squeak right now when I open it. (laughs) So if I open the dishwasher, he runs to his mat and lays down. I don't even have to use the tether with him anymore. That is so cute. I I think what
0: I like about this, and this is something that I need to get better at myself so that I feel more successful as a dog trainer, which is this concept of errorless learning, which is um, essentially just means that the dog can't make a mistake, right? That that dogs that make mistakes and are constantly hearing corrections like, no, stop that uh-uh, cut it out. Um, not only do you annoy yourself by being that person who's doing, who's doing that, um, mm-hmm. but you, you're not building a lot of confidence in your dog and your dog gets frustrated because they're being told they're doing something wrong, but you're not actually telling them what to do. Right. And right. so with this game, the dog is doing something right by default because they can't move and they can't fail. So I'm really, really drawn to this idea.
1: Yeah, and I will say the two, um, I might elaborate on more than two, but the two main ones that I think of, the two main problems that the dog could do, um, one would be barking because she Mm -hmm. could easily be barking from her mat or barking from her tether. So I do practice this not in a meeting first. The dishwasher, like it doesn't it's not the best behavior, but it's it doesn't matter. I could sit there and ignore the barking. Yeah. Provided the baby's not taking a nap. Right. You want to you wanna start this game in a situation where if the dog doesn't make that mistake, you can just kind of wait and let them work up to that correct answer. Okay. Um, so kind of keep that in mind because some dogs will bark from there. What I do kind of just a, a quick little tangent to address that. Um, as long as the dog is not panicking, I will just kind of sit here and I'll wait and I'll just kind of ignore until they offer what I'm looking for and then reinforce that. Okay. Um, if the dog is panicking on the tether, then that, that's a side note. We need to go back and, and do some more training there to teach them to not panic because I don't want to ignore a panicking dog. Okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, I'm really glad you pointed that out. I think barking, you know, a demand barker or a frustration barker that the dog is just irritated that it's stuck somewhere. That's a very real Possibility—that's a good point. So, um, and also probably starting for shorter periods of time. Right, you're not going to do an hour-long Zoom call with this for the first time. But maybe what you do is you go reheat your coffee in the microwave for the tenth time that day. Or I'm projecting. Well, my my family. Their biggest joke with me is they, half the time they open the microwave, there's a cup of tea in it from like a day ago. And we just laugh because I completely forget that I put it in there. Um, But the idea that, you know, maybe what we do is we keep it for really brief periods of time where, okay, I'm, I'm about to go heat up my coffee. So this is a perfect one minute time where we can practice this behavior and it doesn't build frustration because it's new. So I think that's a really good idea. All right, let's move on to your next idea.
1: Well, I do wanna, I mentioned that there were two things that I don't wanna leave them hanging. Uh, The other problem behavior she might have would be destructive chewing on the stuff around her, like the mat or the leash or that sort of thing. Uh, So again, exactly to your point, really short sessions, lots of treats in the beginning. So they're getting paid pretty heavily for the correct choice. And if you need to leave them with a really good chewy, so they have that other option, then that might be a good good tip for that too. Okay. Otherwise, I kind of ignore all their behavior until they lay down, and then I start
0: paying. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Okay, we can move on now. <laughs> okay. Good. No, that was that was so good. Okay. So this is um, this is really helpful so far. So good. I like this. All right. Uh, let's pick another scenario. You were talking to me, and I'm not sure the best sequence. Actually, I don't know if you if you have an idea of what the most logical thing is to do next. Otherwise.
1: Yeah, so um, we had kind of talked about some some different training games to kind of brainstorm what would be the most helpful. And the other one is kind of a similar concept to this. It's teaching the dog how to lay down and be relaxed in an environment that might not be the most relaxing for them. So I call this the ground manners game. Okay, Basically, what we do is we teach the dog that when I'm sitting on the floor, because, again, I have a lot of puppies. And so if I sit on the floor, that's like fair game. <laughs> right? So that's the puppies bite my hair. Yes, every time. And, uh, you know, I I, since I've been teaching this game, a lot of my clients have been like, oh, my God, I can tie my shoes without getting mauled by the puppy. I didn't. That's apparently a, a big concern for a lot of my clients is tying their shoes. Um, but think about all the different times that you sit on the ground. You want your dog to be polite and appropriate when that happens, especially if there's young kids in the house. But you can also do this with the kids. The kids can play this game as well if they're old enough to kind of grasp that concept and the timing. Um, with any games that i have the kids teach which as a side note that first game the lazy trainer absolutely you can have the kids play that game too that's pretty easy provided mm-hmm. they can get the treat to the dog right. <laughs> that's, the, that's the skill they need oh, yeah right um, yeah <laughs> Um, but with all of the games that I have kids play with the dogs, I just always have the adults teach the dogs first. So the dog knows what the point is and how to get the goodies. And then I help coach the kids as a separate kind of tier to that. So this is something that the kids can absolutely play as well. Um, after your dog kind of has an idea of how to do it. So for this one, I'm going to, uh, reorganize here. Um, so the ground manners game is like I said, if I sit down on the ground, I want her to, practice laying down calmly. So what I do to start this um, is I just toss a treat so that she's distracted. Okay. And then I have some goodies with me and I'm gonna kneel down on the ground. And as she runs up initially, I'm just gonna toss that treat away from me
0: because I don't
1: want her to just run up and maul me right away. Got it. So she walks up, I toss a treat and she goes and gets it. And then once I feel like she's kind of slowing down a little bit and not just charging at me full speed ahead, Then what I do is I have my handful of goodies. I know she's kind of blocking the camera because she's ginormous. I have my handful of goodies. And so when she runs up, I just let her smell the treat. And provided she already knows down, this will go a lot faster. But I just lure her to the floor. Uh, give her a goodie here. And then I toss another one for her to go chase.
0: Nice.
1: So she runs up to me. I lure her to the floor with my treat. As soon as she lays down, she gets a goodie and then i taught another one for her to go chase and so what she's learning is when i'm on the ground she runs up to me lays down and then she gets to practice that again by chasing that tree. So I'm working on the approach part
0: of it. So I can see how this would be so important for families with young kids because you're playing on the floor with them all the time.
1: Yeah. You know,
0: you can't build Legos or do blocks or read stories on the floor if the dog is gonna knock over the baby or whatever. Totally. And once
1: they get good at this game, you don't have to do that treat, toss. Uh, once they get better at this, you can just sit here and give goodies just for hanging out next to you. You don't have to do all those treat throws, but the throwing is nice. If you have a dog, that's a little bit higher energy, they can kind of play a game basically and burn some crazy out and let them run around a little, um, while you're just sitting in one spot. I mean, again, lazy training is my jam. So I didn't move <laughs> during that whole process. I love that. Yeah, I just stayed right here. And so, yeah, you can definitely just continue to reinforce as the dog is here. And just like with the last game, in the beginning, you're doing lots of goodies, really short sessions, making it really simple. And then as they get better at this, you can space out those treats and not feed nearly as frequently. And the dog, again, associates that because you sat on the floor, that means it's time for them to just lay down next to you.
0: Right. I love that cue. I love that it really just shows the dog that you don't have to be bait you know
1: yeah yeah and then as they get better um, i don't know if you saw her last round there but as they get better what i do is i just hold the treats in my lap so i just have my hands closed with trees in them and i just let them rest in my lap mm-hmm. and then she just walks up and lays down because again that's that's part of the cue um For this game, just like with the last one, I don't like to tell them to lay down for this. I want to wean off of all of that extra help because my real life is I'm not thinking about that in the moment. (laughs) In the moment, I'm thinking about tying my shoes or I'm thinking about grabbing the tennis ball that rolled under the dresser and I'm like down on the floor trying to grab the tennis ball and the dog is like messing with me. (laughs) So in the moment, I'm not thinking, put the dog in a down. tell them to stay, then go grab the thing. Yeah, I think
0: think people are so used to um, telling dogs what to do all the time. I would love to get rid of some of that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so this is a great way to kind of shape this behavior of when I sit down on the floor, you just walk up, lay down, and then get paid for hanging out with me in a calm, calm way. If she's too wiggly and can't sit still, then I'll just do more of those tosses in between. Mm -hmm. and That way she can, like I said, burn off some energy.
0: And it still prevents you from being mauled, which is huge.
1: Yes. (laughs) Yeah. With long hair, you have long hair too. So (laughs) that was like the target for young puppies. That's the most exciting thing. It
0: is. It really is. My scalp is quite tough, thank God, because, you know, the ponytail has become quite a chew toy at times. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I think about too, again, if we're working on this with, with kids, you can have the kids sitting next to you doing this game so that you're still here to prevent any potential drama if, if they're going to be kind of a pushy puppy. Um, but the kid can be doing this exact exercise where they have the goodies. Um, and it's also teaching her to not climb into my lap to get the treats, right? I have mm-hmm. treats in my lap, but she's laying just in front of me, which is nice. And that, that's a good skill for dogs with kids because kids tend to drop treats when the
0: dogs jump all over them. <laughs> well, and they tend to just be the source of food anyway. Like, I mean, there are some families that have rules around snacks and meal times where we only eat at the table, but there are other families that, you know, my sister included, where, you know, kids carry food all over the place, you know, mm-hmm. and then the dogs can just follow along and either hoping and praying that they spill or being more um subversive and like poking the kids so the kids <laughs> love the food right and that's the last thing we want yeah. i want yeah. my kids being mauled to get snacks i want right. I it to be a default
1: well even just kids are not the cleanest of eaters so generally, generally there's some leftovers around their face and their fingers and their clothes, clothes everything yeah yeah i know they're <laughs> spooky they're <laughs> spooky helping that that bubble a little bit too because she's laying right in front of me uh and then i'm feeding her the treats where she is i'm not letting her come take the treats out of
0: and body. i notice she's being polite like she's not poking you she's not being annoying in any way she's just waiting because she knows that consistency has demonstrated to her that you are going to pay her when she makes the right
1: choice yep excellent um uh, so yeah. Oh yeah that's another really big one um, and I just do that, you'll get your squats in. I just do that around the house. <laughs> I'll just <laughs> randomly like go to a different point in the house and kneel down on the ground and the dog runs up, gets some goodies. I might toss a few and I'll get up and I'll go sit somewhere else and the dog comes up and lays down. And I just kind of move that around. Um, but again, it's a good one for the kids to play if they're good with their timing and can... can manage that. Um, Especially like just rainy day game. I mean, you can do this all around the house, right? Around the living room and up and down the hallway and all that kind
0: of stuff. I think that's really, really good. I'm loving both of these. Um, Especially because having also raised puppies myself, I, you forget that you have to start from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. totally.
1: Um, Cool. I have one more for you. Do you have time for one more? Yes, I do. Uh, So this one, is actually very similar to what we just did. We're just changing the context and we're changing the position basically. Okay. So I call this next one, say please to say hi. Uh, with say please to say hi, how I teach it with my clients is there's actually multiple versions of this because there's a lot of different scenarios where your dog might be greeting a person, whether it's you coming home or your kid just coming out of the bedroom or a stranger coming in the house or a stranger out in public or whatever. There's a lot of different scenarios. Where your dog might have to do a greeting and so i have a lot of versions of this exercise but this particular one i label as the loose version which is the dog's loose <laughs> and they're coming up to you and what are you going to do about it so that you don't get jumped on <laughs> so The setup for this, um, because we've been doing a bunch of calm games, she's probably going to be pretty calm during this demo, Um, but the setup is you walk into the room, the dog is already charging up to you, excited to say hi, Um, so that's going to be your your initial piece, and so what I do with that one is very similar to how we started this game, is Mm -hmm. I'm going to toss a piece of food so that she learns that she can run up to me, but then I'm going to Basically, distract her with the goodies and not be able to practice the jump. Okay. So, just to get her started, I'm going to toss a piece of food so she's not next to me. Okay. uh, She's not going to be running full speed because she's already chilled. But um, she comes up to me and I just show her the food and toss it before she's able to touch me. So, I basically think I'm kind of creating this like bubble right in front of me, this little perimeter. Yeah. So, anytime she comes close to me, I toss a treat before she's able to make contact so that we're not practicing that pushy behavior. She's giving me that personal bubble. So that's the next step is that once she starts slowing her feet down and kind of giving me that space, because Mm -hmm. before, every time she approached that bubble, I would toss food, approach the bubble. So now that she's anticipating that I'm about to toss food, she kind of put on the brakes a little. But once they get to that stage, then I lure into a sit. Then I'm going to lure her into that sit with my food, Good. give her a goodie, and then toss. Okay. So I'm just adding that little step. When you have a dog that's excited to see you, it's really hard for them to keep their feet still. (laughs) Yes. they usually, we, we call it tap dancing in our house. <laughs> they usually are tap dancing all around, even if they have four feet on the floor, they're busy, right? Because they're very excited. So if you throw that tree, it allows her to be excited and have this nice explosive behavior that's away from you, not onto you.
0: This is so good. It's so, it makes so much sense. I mean, I'm imagining like the poor, tired mom who's carrying the car seat and a bag of groceries coming home. The dog is so happy you're back home. And yeah. the last thing you need is to be hit with that tornado. Yeah. And with this game, we're teaching our dog to slow down as they approach us and then ultimately to sit at a range where then they can get rewarded. because. You know, again, we'll train everybody to have jars of treats all over their house. So you'll have one <laughs> near that door that you walk in. So that yeah, I have one
1: same thing. I mentioned I have one in my office by my desk. I have one on the kitchen counter. And I have one on a little shelf in the garage. So I come home, I grab those goodies, and I walk in the door from the garage. And the dogs all swarm. Um, and so that's a really good time to do those food scatters.
0: Yeah. I. That's how I answer the door if somebody comes to the door. Yeah. And people laugh at me and because they expect that I'll have some perfect behavior where I cue each dog and they go sit, <laughs> sit, sit or whatever. Yeah. And ideally, I mean, I think my dream at, at some point would be that the doorbell is the cue that the dog goes and lays on a mat, but I'm not there yet. Mm-hmm. I'm just not, I'm not and my dogs aren't. Yeah. So in the meantime, I have a jar of treats by the door and when the dogs are barking and going crazy, cause the person, you know, I need to open the door for a package or, whatever i take a handful of treats and i chuck them across the room and the dogs are like yes and and the motion of the treats is alluring to them plus the treats themselves are alluring to them and it buys me some time to deal with whatever's about to happen and then we can get the dogs they're in a calmer state and then they're more in that tap dancing stage as opposed to the bowling you over stage
1: Totally. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. You're just kind of burning off. I think about it, each repetition that you toss those treats, you're burning off a little bit more energy. <laughs> so yeah. after you've done a few of those, then all of a sudden they come back up to you and they're like, okay, what are we doing now? Instead of the, the chaos that you were getting before. We
0: approach you slower each time. I'm noticing that you kind of dissipate some of that energy. I think that's really good. Because I think specifically about my parents who are getting older and less stable on their feet and and I worry, like, I don't want to be worried when my mom and dad come over that my dogs are going to knock them over or anything. Yeah. You know, Barley's tail is enough to knock somebody's legs out from under them. So Absolutely.
1: yeah, I, I definitely relate with this creature yeah. that have in
0: front of me. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love this idea. And, and that's something that we can practice as a family. I mean, we can literally go in and out of doors over and over again with totally. that behavior. Yeah. Um, I love that. I think that's really good. And I think that's really going to help our families feel like they can help their dog. I mean, look at her. She's so good. She's like, you're on the floor. I'm calm.
1: Life is good. Yeah, I was going to say, I just kind of without, and again, this goes back to teaching the dogs that the context or the environment is the cue. Because again, I didn't tell her to lay down, but because I was chatting with you and my camera's out of range for me to see you while I'm standing up, um, I knelt down and she came over and laid down because that was the game we were playing before. And so again, I didn't tell her to lay down. I didn't have to think about it because we've already pre-programmed this in. So it's teaching the dog to respond to the context
0: I love it. I'm going to do that with mine for sure. I mean, he's small, so he's not intimidating, but he's still, you know, his nails are sharp. Like if I cut his nails, they're sharp. And, you know, um, I don't, he, you know, small dogs often jump up to get closer to your face, whereas your dog is already at your face when even standing. So I just want to make sure that he's not being inappropriate and yeah
1: know. i noticed that with my own dogs my smallest one is the only one that i never taught this to because she's little and adorable and and granted little in my house is she's 50 pounds <laughs> so um but still she's like her, you know the tip tapping all the time and so she is always tick tapping as she comes over to say hi to you um but it's definitely obnoxious when you're trying to do something else right so sweet as that is and as kind of unobtrusive as it is for her to do it versus one of my bigger dogs uh if i'm trying to you know tie my shoes or i'm trying to grab something or i'm trying to do something on the floor where i don't need dog face in my face um it can get a little bit frustrating and so she's a senior dog now and but since i've been doing it had such great success with my other dogs i'm actually going to add this in for my senior dog too so i can definitely teach this to any dogs regardless of size or age or
0: whatever you I like that you pointed that out because I think a lot of people just think that you can only teach young dogs stuff and that's really not right. true right yes you that's can awesome. definitely teach older dogs new tricks as they mm-hmm. say I think yeah. that's really good well I have found this so incredibly helpful so where can people find you if they want more information about your online classes because those are so good I've taken
1: some yeah. Awesome. Um, so positively trained is my kind of main company where I work on all the, the training material. So, um, that's spelled like a dog pop, P-A-W-S-I-T-I-V-E-L-Y. Okay. Um, so if you go to positively trained that's the website. Okay. Uh, okay. there's also a Facebook and Instagram. Um, Facebook is just at positively trained and Instagram is positively underscore trained. Okay. So yeah, they can find me in all those places. And I do
0: want to give a shout out. If you are a person that is super grateful to first responders for doing the work that they do, that by making a donation to Kelsey's program, you can help these places like fire stations get a therapy dog in their program to Really help with the mental health of these first responders who are really saving so many lives and buildings from fires and all these things. So, the work that you're doing there is amazing. And I have a feeling that if somebody is near Portland or near you in Oregon, you may need more puppy raisers in the future as well, right? Just
1: in case. I will need more puppy Okay. Yeah. So, these dogs, it's kind of an interesting program because uh we are training these dogs to actually live in the facility with their handler they go home with their handler in the evening but they go to work every day with them so it's not just visiting the facilities these dogs are actually assigned to the facilities so yeah i need i need more puppy raisers so that we can have okay. more puppies i know grow. yeah so
0: if anybody is is near the right. portland area that's a pretty good radius right if i say yeah. that, that yeah. works yeah. then yeah. um then yeah, you can reach out to me or to Kelsey directly and and I will help you figure out how to do that because it's an amazing opportunity. And not only that, but um, you get access to raising an incredible dog, but you also get access to a lot of teaching from Kelsey about how to help this dog be successful at the job that it is
1: intended to do, so. Yes, 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 yes. Free training program for the puppy raisers. Right. Um, it's a, it's a one-year program, so they get the, they get a temporary dog, <clears throat> which is kind of nice because they also transfer to the station every month. So they get lots of breaks from their puppy, uh, which is the only way I'm able to raise so many puppies and not go crazy. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Lots of breaks. Yeah. Um, so it's really fun to get to work with the dogs and it's fun to see them go do their job. Yeah. So, that's it's amazing. Yay. Well, thanks for taking the time to talk with us
0: today, Kelsey. I so appreciate it. And I know that I've just added three new games to my training mm-hmm. regimen as well. And I like them because I can be lazy, just like you said. I think it's perfect <laughs> for my teaching style. It's excellent. Yeah. All right. Thank you, sweetie. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Bye. Thank you. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Pooch Parenting Podcast on iTunes or on the podcast app of your choice. If you're looking for ongoing support for your family with dogs, be sure to get on the waiting list for my Thriving Parents with Kids and Dogs membership at www.safekidsanddogs.com. And don't forget to follow Pooch Parenting on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for listening.